so much of movement building is in learning to recognize that it is system and it it rests on so many stages from recognizing an injustice to creating a safe space to uh, understand this injustice and and examine it and address it to being able to build uh, you know to being able to define the agenda for change welcome to think feminist by kriya a podcast on feminist ideas to help deepen your feminist way of thinking i'm srilatha batliwala your host and you're listening to the fourth episode of think feminist i am vandana mahajan and i am an independent gender equality practitioner uh, based in delhi i've been part of the indian women's movement over a period of 25 30 years in this episode we look at movements specifically feminist movements i learned a lot about movements in my own life mainly by being directly involved in building two strong grassroots women's movements and so learning by doing but also by reading and studying a lot of the scholarly work on movements today with the help of my inspiring guests pandana mahajan and jasmine pateja we are going to learn more about movements what they are how they are built how they work and how they create change when a group of people who over a long period of time you know they have been experiencing the pain of pinching of the shoe on their feet and they decide to say it aloud that it is hurting them and they don't feel comfortable they share their common experiences and collectively find out why and what is causing this discomfort you know they identify who need to be spoken to met with and decide how and what they are going to do to address the cause behind the issue of persisting hurting of their feet their call for such an action ensures that the experience of wearing the shoe changes towards being a comfortable and satisfying one and they keep marching on for the rightful and just fit of shoes for everyone so you know this is how i would like to explain through this simile you know that uh, people who have experienced long held oppressive you know being shackled by the oppressive gender norms they decide to collectively come together and uh, change and challenge and transform their what is uh, unjust and unequal for them there are a few characteristics of movements that vandana helps us recognize with the examples she gave us the first characteristic is that there is an organized membership or constituency base that is the individuals or groups most interested in changing their situation come together in either formal or informal organizations of some kind let's go with one example and play it out i am talking of the women's literacy movement that was started in early 1990s by the tribal and dalit women in some of the most backward poor and feudal areas of eastern up bihar and jharkhand 
as part of the education for women's empowerment program called the mahila samakhya program the movement was built as a very studied analysis and response to battle patriarchy and casteism the tribal dalit and poor muslim women from these areas had the first hand systemic and systematic experience of being the victims of the structural violence of both patriarchy and caste system from the gender analysis these dalit and tribal women developed the road map of transforming their lives by fulfilling their desire and hunger to acquire the power of education the second characteristic of movements is having a clear political agenda a political agenda is created by answering five key questions first how do they analyze the root causes of the problem second what are their goals for change third what is their vision of the alternative or of a more just situation that is how do they envision the difference they'd like to see fourth what strategies will they use to achieve their goals and fifth which individuals groups or institutions will they target or engage to bring about the change they seek the political here doesn't mean you know being part of a electoral system or political representation or you know a political party scene but it is the political here is being inter you know the crossecting the power equation the you know gender power relations the next characteristic of a movement is that it is not dependent on external leadership though external activists and allies may be supporting them in different ways the movement must generate leaders from among its own members and at multiple levels the women's literacy movement became an extremely empowering process that has continued to transform till date the lives of thousands of poor women from some of the most marginalized and oppressive contexts to speak about the violence and finding the confidence of their collective voice and leadership at multiple levels starting from home village panchayat schools fields jungles and mainstream institutions not only locally but you know now nationally and globally also they are and that movement of the eastern up jharkhand is being recognized another characteristic of movements is that they take collective actions and use joint strategies that members of the movement themselves undertake to advance their political agenda this is a combination of actions raising voice awareness building protests confrontation engagement these are the actions through which the movement like the inspiring women's literacy movement that vandana has shared with us makes itself visible gains political presence and power and challenges power structures so as part of the women's literacy movement also you know the women developed their own based on their own needs their own innate wisdom and knowledge from their life experiences they developed the 
pedagogy of the uh, the curriculum the developing of the teaching learning materials the running of the teaching learning centers the entire chain of the educational process was completely owned and transacted by women and you know this incredible women's literacy movement of in the region gave the confidence to these neoliterate and semi-literate poor women to start their own newspaper called Khabar Leheria in 2002. Pandana is here leading us to recognize the final characteristic of movements. They must have some continuity over time. Movements are not just a spontaneous or short-term uprising or campaign, So, of course, movements often use campaigns as a strategy and some movements were born out of short-term protests or uprisings around a specific issue. But strong movements take years to build, to grow and to have impact. When strengthened with the know-how to read and write, the neoliterate journalist of Khabar Leheria, they, they were so overwhelmed with the stories that they felt that they needed to be badly told. And that's how the Khabar Laheria as a local newspaper was brought in the local language, Bundeli, bringing the stories narrated and analyzed from a feminist lens in the mainstream space, completely kind of managed by the Bundeli women. And, you know, the so uh, in a way, Khabar Laheria's origin and history is so closely interwoven with the women's literacy movement of that region. And not to be missed here is also the role of Khabar Laheria now uh, becoming a tool of empowerment in helping women and the illiterate to improve their literacy skills. So as gen- you know, the women journalists report, several neoliterate people in the region read Khabar Laheria. And now, you know, the reach of the Khabar Laheria, which is now an eight-page weekly local newspaper and brought out also in the digital format, is now being sold across 600 villages in Uttar Pradesh, Bihar and Jharkhand. And it is run by Dalit women uh, in Chitrakoot district of Uttar Pradesh. Khabar Laheria is one of the shining successes of the Dalit feminist movement in India. And they do incredible grassroots journalism that has won national and international awards and acclaim. And they are a great example of the characteristics of what a movement can look like. You can find these characteristics, of course, in any kind of social movement, both progressive ones focused on human rights, environment, economic justice, indigenous rights, labor rights but also in regressive and reactionary or fundamentalist movements that are opposed to gender equality and women's rights. If that is the case, then, what sets apart a feminist movement? What makes it different? I would like to point to the two critical differences. One is that, you know, the feminist movement has the uniqueness of being women-led. And by women, I mean here all the gender identities who identify themselves as women. So women-led and decision-making and leadership of women at all levels. Feminist movement, unlike the other movements, have a very strong and clearly articulated 
gender transformative change agenda you know so that again is the uniqueness which is only uh, one can see for uh, you know as part of the feminist movement so it needs to be recognized that you know this agenda for transforming the cultural norms beliefs and practices can not be easily changed only by you know the social development approaches we see generally being practiced in the development community it is through the root of the movement building that you know such internalized attitudes values and practices can be changed one of the comparisons i like to make is between feminist movements and women's rights movements because the differences are useful to understand feminist movements address the roots of gender power that lead to women's subordination this is like patriarchy and its intersection with other power structures like caste race class ethnicity and sexuality women's rights movements are not quite there yet they tend to address the symptoms of gender power structures the symptoms of patriarchal discrimination and injustice and their impact on women i've observed a continuum or a spectrum of approaches among movements addressing gender inequality and gender based violence the first approach is those that focus on the immediate problem on the immediate conditions and the practical needs and demand increased access for instance to resources the next approach is that of women's empowerment these recognize the issue of power and women's rights and the more systemic issue of gender power and then is the third approach where we have the more radical movements that demand a feminist social transformation these movements are essentially saying let's change the world for women and change it for everyone movement is uh, something that's built over time it is built by people this is jasmine pateja in 2003 while she was a student in bengaluru she started an art project called blank noise to document the street harassment that women faced i have found it really heartening to participate in the evolution of blank noise it has grown from a movement focusing on the immediate reality of violence and harassment of women especially in public spaces to one that is challenging the deeper roots of toxic masculinity and larger social attitudes that legitimize and enable such abuse to take place as jasmine explains blank noises movement is built by people who recognize this as a shared injustice and also are able to personally locate themselves in this injustice and they also know that it's not something that begins and ends with them it's something that's shared they can see the systemic or they learn to see the systemic and and so much of movement building is in learning to recognize that it is systemic and it it rests on so many stages from recognizing an injustice to creating a safe space 
to uh, understand this injustice and, and examine it and address it to being able to build, uh, you know, to being able to define the agenda for change. This is a good reminder that movements are not born fully formed, nor do they just suddenly come into being. They have to be built brick by brick and they grow as do the people driving them. I do know that I was experiencing street harassment and bringing it to my friends and peers in college and um, because I was in college then and it, it didn't have any, it, it lacked the response, lacked the seriousness that my experience deserved. And from that, it was proposed as a, a diploma project, a graduation project. And uh, the project was also about the first uh, six to nine action shiros, as we call them, students in their first year, joining in and uh, making the issue their own, um, making the movement their own. Blank Noise became a movement that spread across college campuses all over India and abroad. Jasmine says that they use two strategies to plan their interventions. The first one was to build testimonials around the violence they were talking about and then come up with new ways to document it to make it more visible. But after our first decade of uh, work, we were uh, addressing street harassment solely and bringing attention to it in innumerable ways from, you know, from creating opinion polls that were uh, where people could come and put a thumbprint on what they considered in quote heave teasing, but it listed a whole range of behaviors from stalking to people staring at breasts to people talking to the breast instead of the face. And we were being direct and explicit, but creating these interventions where people could, strangers and citizens could come and put a thumbprint on what they considered street harassment. One of Blank Noise's most powerful campaigns is called I Never Asked For It. And it invites survivors to send in the clothes they were wearing when they were sexually harassed or violated. Blank Noise then exhibits these garments, from saris, kurtas and burkas to dresses, jeans and t-shirts. They exhibit these garments in public spaces across the country and document the reactions of people online. I Never Ask For It started in 2004 in recognizing that most women and girls uh, remembered the clothes they were wearing when they experienced harassment. And it serves to be a memory of that incident. And we want to bring these garments together as an act of solidarity. And the invitation really is that how is victim blame used to justify violence against different individuals and communities across identity locations. But actually, it's not only or limited to our understanding of street harassment because violence against women, girls, and non-binary persons across identities is uh, justified across spaces from the home to the street to the workplace to campus. And so... That's where I never ask for it is, where somebody who has been widowed and desired to wear red and wanted to and wore red and was harassed and taunted 
for being for wearing red and being a hindu widow and she claims you know her desire and she resists and and she brings that garment to i never ask for it and brings her story to her testimonial to i never ask for it the second strategy blank noise uses is to collectively imagine and desire the future they want and deserve and find creative ways of manifesting that in the world so for example an event like being idle was being held in 2007 2006 where we would just stand idle by city railings and in doing so we were shifting our relationship with public spaces with the city with our bodies or in uh, more recent years we've been building meet to sleep and again in the context where meet to sleep is uh, an action an activity a movement where you know where which rests on the power of feminist collaborations where we sleep in the open we sleep in parks we sleep by river banks we sleep anywhere under open skies and we do this together what a powerful idea meet to sleep just as men have always done in public places without fear of harassment but what is important to note here is the difference between a leader instigated campaign and a movement and that is inclusivity as jasmine says it's the organic participation of many people who feel ownership in their collective action that really makes something a movement meet to sleep could arguably have been a campaign uh, but we work towards it being a movement where every year it's built by feminist allies but it is followed by things like but conversations on you know what did it mean for you to do meet to sleep what significance does it have for you where do you desire to sleep and gathering these experiences bringing them together so meet to sleep really is is held every year and it is uh, towards really uh, the right to to live defenseless where we sleep anywhere under open skies and it's built in alliance and in organ and in association and collaboration with multiple organizations and networks including kriya's network sangat's network and it's built in rural and urban india and it is uh, we do it also with the intention to understand you know that across our multiple lived realities what is shared i share certain privileges um, as a and somebody else may be more privileged somebody else may be dalit uh, but yet what is shared here in this space as we build meet to sleep and how does it become a shared agenda how does it become something that's you know collectively built it becomes both an inquiry and a, and an invitation at the same time and it is in these conversations that we build post meet to sleep uh that some of this is understood that how do we across multiple realities have something this shared one of the characteristics of feminist movements is that while there are plenty of feminist leaders in the movement like jasmine there's no owner no one person or private board that dictates what the movement must be which is why as jasmine points out One of the skills of leading a movement is knowing how to bend, how to be open and collaborative. I want to just return to listening and to 
listening to critique, uh, listening to the absence of whose conversation, you know, is not present at the moment uh, in terms of really understanding and addressing and and uh, the the issue and the change that we seek. Yeah, listening is is uh, listening and then recognizing that you don't have it's not one person with the answers and it the answers really lie in the questions a community raises and a growing community raises. Even when we can point to specific amazing outcomes that are the direct results of feminist movements like Khabar Leheria or changes in rape laws or the conviction of rapists thanks to the Me Too movement, one of the best measures of the success of a movement is the impact it has on its own participants. I feel that that shared understanding and that shared resistance towards a shared imagination is success. Is uh, you know the the conversations that we're having to understand it that I would read as success and it's not over it's it's the, maybe the friendship that it's initiating or the potential of it is the success an idea has no significance or meaning until someone makes it their own jasmine leads us to think about the challenges of assessing the impact of movements and how we measure their success she points us to one of its primary results people making the movement their own but there are many others and you can learn more about this and about movements and movement building as well in Kriya's primer all about movements now available on our website in the resources section thanks for listening to think feminist we'll be back with more episodes for more about kriya check out kriyaworld.org or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at think.kriya. A Sonolog production.